Welcome to the 28th edition of Everything EOS. I'm Zach Gall, our in-house EOS shill here at ICO Alert, <laughs> the trusted ICO discovery platform. Visit ICOalert.com, the most complete calendar of all active and upcoming ICOs. And I'm here today with the top 21 block producer, Cypherglass CEO and founder, Rob Finch. Thank you all so much for joining us for yet another episode of Everything EOS. Now, if you're listening to our beautiful voices and you haven't seen our beautiful faces on YouTube, I highly recommend you hop on over to our Everything EOS YouTube channel and check out that video. It's so much more than just a version of us talking. Um, my friend Blockchain Zach here does a ton, a ton of work to make these episodes Truth. good. He goes in, spends several hours on every episode, putting up overlays and videos and quotes and tweets and all kinds of good content. So go ahead and check that out. Um, we appreciate the feedback and comments we keep getting about the show. There's so much good positive feedback. So please continue to let us know that you're enjoying the show by liking, subscribing, or following the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you may be listening. Yeah, if you're looking for it on YouTube, just search Everything EOS. And just a second reminder and show, smash the like button, subscribe. Uh, we want to keep you guys informed. If you guys like the content, other people will too. And the way YouTube's algorithm works is you got to engage. So please engage. And a final word of uh, sort of a disclaimer before we get started. This podcast is not sponsored. Zach and I are just two really excited members of the EOS community talking about our opinions about this open source software. So please, during this podcast, do not take any of our opinions that we express as legal, financial, tax, professional, or any other kind of advice. And both of us do, as a matter of disclosure, hold EOS tokens. Guess who has more? <laughs> I think Zach. All right, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the San Francisco Hackathon coming up next month, along with the Scaling Blockchain Conference following the hackathon. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, BitShares and some things uh, Dan's father, Stan Larimer, mentioned about uh, BitShares porting to EOS. Uh, we'll have some contests coming out that we're going to explain yeah. to you guys and some new tools. So let's get to it. Jumping right into it, as Zach mentioned, there is the Scaling Blockchain Conference happening the day following the hackathon. So the San Francisco EOS Hackathon is November 10th and 11th. But on the 12th, if you stay an extra day, Scaling Blockchain Conference should be awesome. Um, I'm going to be one of the speakers there, and there are some other great speakers there as well. Um, so people you're excited about and ready to see as well, I think. I'm right? Well, I'm excited to see you, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen a, a Rob Finch speech since, uh, was that February or March? Yeah, In I think San so. Francisco last time yeah. at TokenFest. History repeats itself. Yeah, so I'm excited to finally meet all the people I interact with on Telegram, uh, all the other block producers. I'm excited to uh, meet the guys from Multicoin and now Aurora EOS. So, yeah. Miles, if you're listening, uh, come say hello. I'm excited. There's a face on here that I've seen on YouTube before, but that I haven't met in person or even talked to on Telegram. Ooh. His name is Kosi Marafo. I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, from EOS Africa. So as we know, this hackathon grand finale that's oh, yeah. happening in December is happening in South Africa. So I'm sure... He'll be there, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kosi has to say about how EOS is sort of integrating in with uh, African culture. So if you are in San Francisco for no, the EOS hack... You're, you're, you're oh. skipping. i got to show myself. Oh, okay, go ahead. Additionally, so Rob's going to be giving one of the keynote speeches, but on a side note, I will be partnering... Well, me as an ICO alert, we'll be partnering with a company called Dapcast, and Jake, Jake, the founder of that company, we're going to have a podcasting setup um, in, a, in a separate room than, than the main uh, conference area. Nice. And we're going to be scheduling a whole, we're going to be scheduling a whole day of podcast recordings. Um, the, the way we initially planned it is we'll probably have a, th a four mic setup. So we want to have sort of like round table discussions. Oh, so that's great. Either I'll be the facilitator or Jake will be the facilitator. And we're going to have three, three people in the ES community, whether they're block producers, DAP developers, or 
what, whatever they are, they're going to be on the show and we're going to cover topics like governance, referendum, nice. upcoming DAPs. That should be super entertaining. I'm yeah, excited I mean, about it, that. Basically, uh, the way I s envision it is it's the same conversations that are probably happening in the hallways at the conference and at the happy hours after the conference, mm -hmm. but we're gonna uh, record it for, for everyone at home and it's probably gonna get distributed through, through a lot of different channels, through investing with a difference, wow. through ICO alert, maybe in some cypher glass, yeah. through, through Dapcast. So you'll be able to see uh, all the content, uh, hopefully not too long after the uh, show, because we'll have to do some editing. So it'll probably That's awesome. the same week of the conference. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, and speaking of that EOS hackathon in San Francisco, as has been the case at every hackathon that's, that's happened previously, we should hopefully get an announcement or two. We'll see what they, they have to come out with. In the past, it's been a development tool. The London Hackathon, of course, we had some dApps that followed the hackathon that came out. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll come out with something special this November. Let, let, let's go. What 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 is our <laughs> speculation on it again? Is it going to be the same as the London speculation? I don't think so. I mean, I think they made it pretty clear that when they announced their dApp, or even I think this biometric wallet that they're going to come out with, that they've said, and even Dan showed to a lot of people in London, I think they're going to have their own event for that. So maybe this will be another development tool. Maybe they'll show off the, the Buddy um, software package that they came out with recently that helps people build dApps faster. Um, who knows? But it, it should be good. One interesting note, uh, that hackathon does not yet have a venue. Yeah, um, I was asking about that. I didn't. Yeah. I couldn't find it. And I'm, I'm trying to... So I'm trying to book book my airfare and my, my Airbnb or hotel. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I know where the scaling blockchain conference is, but I want to pick somewhere that's near scaling blockchain and the hackathon. Yeah, exactly. So that's where my whole weekend's going to be spent. And I, I reached out. I was like, do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> yeah, so it's still uh, TBD. That's I expect crazy. them to come out with that announcement soon, though, on where it's going to be. You know, the, the one in London was in that science museum and was really an amazing venue. And they had the presentation on the IMAX theater. So I think wherever it's going to be in San Francisco is going to be a cool event. And there are some really awesome, you know, auditoriums, museums, the planetarium, maybe. There's so many cool places that it could be. So I'm excited to see where that will actually end up happening. And you're participating right now as a mentor, right? Exactly. So, so I'm talking with the guys at SVK Crypto, shout out to them to hopefully be an entrepreneurial mentor at the hackathon. So in addition to all the people that are actually competing to win a prize in the hackathon, there are these people who provide an, an instrumental role in the hackathon as mentors. These mentors go around to all the different teams and help them out. They answer questions, they give them advice on you know where they might want to take their dap. Because when you're running on no sleep, you know, you might be missing something obvious and a mentor like myself can come in and say, hey, why don't you try this or, or why don't you cut out that piece and focus on this instead? So I'm excited about that and that opportunity to engage with the people participating. And I'm signed up as an entrepreneur and I yeah. still need a team if anyone's looking for a partner here. Uh, as far as my skill set, I can code, but I'm not an engineer. Yeah. I, I'm very good at UX, UI, help with ideas, token economics, uh, help with the presentation and pitch. Yeah. I need a team, reach out, comment. Yeah. And Zach and I talk all the time about cool dApp ideas and interesting stuff on EOS. So he could be the idea guy that comes up with the idea for your dApp. So if you're a group of coders, maybe want to use a designer, you want to get together with him, I think you make a great member for your hackathon team. Reach out, comments, or at Zach period Gall, G-A-L-L, at icoalert.com. There you go. And moving on from that, we talked about a couple contest announcements happening before this. We have one at Cypherglass. Pretty excited about it. If you're watching this video, you may have just seen the announcement come out. It should be coming out around the same time. But Halloween is almost oh, yeah. here. So this is an awesome idea that uh, Zach gave us to, to run with at Cypherglass and the EOS community. We're doing a an EOS pumpkin carving contest called Halloween. So if you want to participate, we'll put up uh, an image of a pumpkin I carved here along with my cat next to it. I think it's pretty I don't, good. I don't have my pumpkin carved yet, Rob. Yeah. But by the time this video comes out, 
I'm going to travel back in time and I'm going to embed the picture of nice. my pumpkin that I haven't even carved yet. That's awesome. But it'll be carved before we put this out tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. So whether it's a, it, it's the EOS logo or you want to come up with something creative or you want to carve Dan's face into a pumpkin, we're giving out big EOS prizes. So the number one biggest prize is going to get, take home 200 EOS for carving Damn. your EOS pumpkin. Second place, 100 EOS. Third place, still good, 50 EOS for submitting that. Man, so, so even with the, the token drop here, it's, let's just round down the five bucks. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, first place, $1,000 wow. for carving that EOS pumpkin. So in order to participate... Buy more pumpkins. Yeah, exactly. You can head over to the Cypherglass YouTube channel. There's an announcement video there. Um, but all you have to do is tweet a photo of your pumpkin to at CypherglassBP, as in block producer, with the hashtag HalloEOS, H-A-L-L-O-W-E-O-S. How's, how's the contest being judged? I haven't seen the rules yet. Yeah, so we're working on getting a couple different community judges. We want to be totally you know, impartial to, to who's going to be the winner and who's not going to be the winner. Um, so we're reaching out to some different community members right now and should have some news on who that community panel will be very Ooh. soon. So the judges will be picking who's going to win. All right. So let, let's backtrack now to the hackathon. Yeah. So we were talking about what we think uh, the, the feature will be that people build around or the topic. Yeah. So do you think there's any chance of there being a version of the Rex ready for this? I think it's possible. I don't know what you would build beyond... A leasing platform on top of Rex? So I think it's more or less like uh, could possibly be automated. Uh, so if there's a surge in resources, have like an automated like swap in the background going on where hmm. you use the tokens you hold in reserve to kind of buy, buy lease. That's interesting. To lease additional bandwidth on the fly. Mm-hmm. But um, beyond that, I'm not sure. But we, we could always speculate, can't we? Yeah, So you, you want to talk about uh, the ES Dublin tweet the other day? Yeah, so ES Dublin came out. I, I looked at this tweet, and I immediately sent it to Zach. It, was, it said, hey, you know, interesting event happening tomorrow. And they ended up getting the dating correct. It's actually happening later in November. But it's for something that we talked about here on the podcast. We weren't sure what it is. I think maybe Zach knows now what it is. But it's about BitShares EOS and Stan Larimer. Not Dan Larimer, his father, Stan Larimer. The so, rocket man. So Former, uh, I don't know where he was an engineer, but he was a ro- rocket engineer, like an aeronautics engineer. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of where you got to start. Then he helped uh, build graphene and BitShares with Dan. Yeah. And then he, he's like nicknamed, I don't know if he gave himself the nickname, but the godfather of BitShares. But uh, basically what's happening is we, we talked a few weeks ago about BitShares EOS, how it's basically been confirmed. Uh, it's now been given the, the title BIOS, uh, which is actually Brown EOS, not BitShares EOS. Um, but before I talk about it, because I did fall into the BIOS rabbit hole uh, over the past <laughs> couple of days. I'm curious to um, hear I'm what gonna, you found. I'm gonna share some video clips with you guys of Stan explaining it, and then I'll try to build on top of that after. Our vision is to make BitShares one of the best and most interesting of the EOS sidechains. Okay, we're starting out by using EOS itself to build the interface so that we can use, however, the EOS interfaces evolve for sidechains to working. You know, we can let that evolve as Block One does its thing and so on. Our interface to what Block One is doing is using block one code to make it, and then we can modify things facing the chairs as necessary in order to keep the chairs on there. But imagine uh, some people come along and, and say, I'm going to make a, a clone of the EOS chain for this special purpose or that special purpose. Um, our special purpose is tying chairs and EOS together uh, so that uh, going forward, BitShares can be viewed as uh, just an extremely powerful EOS chain that has all the base features of EOS and uh, all the legacy features of BitShares in one braided chain, if you will. 
And uh, that allows us to be backward compatible without uh, interfering with anybody uh, else uh, who may be building on the original legacy system. Don't want to go in there and recommend big changes to that. Might break somebody's business model. But we want to give them the ability to have confidence to know that going forward they will remain compatible with the juggernaut of the EOS, uh, you know, mega ecosystem uh, that is clearly going to become one of the all-time great platforms out there. And we want BitShares to be able to ride along as a member of that family. And so uh, this is our way of achieving that. And uh, when we're done, hopefully uh, people will be able to move back and forth with tokens produced on either chain and use them on the other chains. Leave it at that. Wow. The juggernaut. Yeah. The, so you, you got to understand the situation. Like, it, whether you know who Stan Larimer is or not, w whether, we, we don't know, like, their relationship. But mm -hmm. think about any father-son relationship. So w we all speculate on what Block One's doing, what's on Dan's mind, what's Dan's priorities. We have no clue. Yeah. And Stan might not have a clue either. We don't know. But the fact of the matter is this. Stan Larimer also works and lives in Blacksburg, Virginia. So does Dan. Really? That's where Block One is. Wow. So that's the first thing, and, and they, they they have ties. I mean, yeah. so they're, it's in their best interest to kind of work together and not be stepping on each other's toes building the same thing. Right. I mean, Dan has talked so much about building his own decentralized exchange, like a BitShares 2.0, but I think the thing that was interesting, you know, the thing that was most interesting that stood out to me is that there would be some kind of a braided chain yeah. so they can work together. So it's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, is this going to be a side chain of EOS essentially? So just like um, Warbly is doing a side chain to, to, for a specific use case of, mm -hmm. of the fi finance industry and all the regulation involved with that, yeah. BitShares is already a, a DAO in itself. It's just not a widely used one and it's being held back by the technology that was developed in 2014. Interesting. So what they want to do is they want to take all of the features of BitShares, move them to EOS, have all that functionality, but then be able to use all of these new features that Block One's going to continue to build out. Yeah. So we're, we're going to travel back in time here. I'm going to take you guys on a journey. So the date was March 12th. On March 12th, I'll pull, I'll pull up the uh, Telegram conversation, but Dan was talking about trustless margin lending, ample liquidity. Uh, Fuzzy asked if it's open source. Dan said, everything I do is open source. And then Dan finished it off. I encourage BitShares to adopt what I'm working on. Mm. So uh, for anyone who hasn't used BitShares, one, one of the most unique properties of it is something uh, called a pegged stablecoin. It's called BitUSD on BitShares. And what that allows you to do is, let's say you own some, some bit a quantity of BitShares, you could stake your BitShares as collateral to borrow BitUSD against it. Mm -hmm. uh, but at like a, I don't know what the ratio is, maybe like a three to one. So okay. if you have $3 of BitShares, you could borrow $1 of BitUSD. Mm -hmm. And then there, there's more to it than that, but there, there's a way that it stays stable. I'm not going to get into that. But that that's a functionality of BitShares. It's like a native lending algorithm that they have that, that <laughs> matches uh, people wanting to loan out uh, BitUSD and, and people that want to uh, lend out 
their their bit shares. Was that kind of like Chintai and their leasing platform on EOS? Uh, I, I don't think there's a comparison because uh, the, the Chintai model provides an actual resource of computation hmm. and bandwidth. They're actually getting a function out of it. Whereas on BitShares, it, it's just the actual loan that you're getting. Oh, okay. Um, but there are, fee, there are fees for the loan. Like you, you can't borrow money for, for, for like feeless, right. in a feeless way. So that, that was brought up back in March. And then two weeks later, l- let's pull up this um, code commit fr- from Dan Larimer. I'll put it up on the screen. It, it, it's in the uh, main EOS repo. Uh, Dan posted it on March 14th, and it's a pegged derivative currency design. Hmm. And he gives the background on it and the setup process and the collateral and how the loans work and all this and that. And I was actually looking for the, this, this repo I have up on the screen uh, to prepare for this show, but it was, it was kind of gone. Like I had to go into some version control stuff to find it. And what I found was that Dan's original commitment of that was gone, but a new person, username Larry K85, committed the exact same uh, code on June 22nd. And I think that was maybe to separate Dan from the the pegged assets and lending stuff. Just, wow, it's like a lot of like Dan's very good at uh, being crystal clear about all, all of the regulational risk. Mm-hmm. That's why during the token sale. We we consistently saw saw the legal verbiage of this token <laughs> meaningless, worthless. This is all revenue to block one. You yeah. get nothing unless unless the community launches the chain. Right. So Dan's always been very careful that it, this is the same instance. But uh, I'll put the link to the peg derivative currency design. And like I said, Dan posted this originally two days after he mentioned the lending, and. Basically, it allows you to collateralize uh, your initial token to, to borrow against a, a pegged currency, whether it's uh, EOS USD or BitUSD or EOS Gold or Silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it's already in the code. It, it's, it's probably not finished. And even if it was finished, it would still need to get implemented on the mainnet, which would require referendum to come through first and then all of the token holders to re- reach a consensus that they want this feature to be built in. Right. So, like I said, uh, BitShare has always had this this collateral borrowing and lending system in place on, on, on their native platform, but they didn't have the Bancor algorithm. Right. Which we could only assume I, I, is an improvement over whatever the original BitShare's lending uh, swaps, mm-hmm. whatever library they were using. So BitShares could start, start this BIOS chain on EOS and utilize the same functionality as far as the lenders and, and, and buyers, but using this new algorithm that Dan created and already committed to the repo. So basically BIOS could implement this lending, this peer-to-peer uh, trustless lending system on BitShares as a proof of concept because it's already a feature on regular BitShares. This is just an improved version mm-hmm. that Dan made that could be implemented on the main net if the token holders want it on the main net. Wow. And it'll, it'll be great because BitShares already has uh, businesses uh, try, trying to build on it. So those businesses can come over to EOS. So are you basically saying that BIOS or whatever's happening with this code commit from Dan is going to enable some kind of pegged stablecoin on EOS? Yes. So wow, at, at, okay. At 100%. So uh, Stan mentioned that 
any token on BitShares through this braided chain will be able to be transferred to BIOS. Okay. So that's from BitShares to BIOS, but not necessarily from BIOS to EOS. Mm -hmm. that, that's still to be determined because I think the IBC stuff still still is being worked out. Yeah. It sounded like maybe in that video clip he was talking, you know, he said, oh, wherever the EOS IBC stuff works out, we'll follow that. So as soon as that's done, which I think should still be by the end of the year, hopefully then they can link up the chains in the same way that Warbly is going to link their side chain to the EOS mainnet and basically make it one giant chain that everybody can use. So I think what we're going to see first is BIOS is going to launch mm -hmm. and they have their own distribution model. It involves staking bit shares and getting, it's called raindropped, BIOS yeah. tokens over a long period of time. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. That's how you get these tokens. They're free if you own BitShares and you stake them. Wow, interesting. So if, if it's cross-chain between BitShares and BIOS, that'll allow the transfers, w whether, whether the BIOS integrates this Bancor protocol version of pegged assets or not, you'll be able to transfer the BitUSDs from BitShare, which is a stable coin, over to BIOS. And then eventually those would be able to be used on the EOS mainnet with wow. IBC. That's cool. I mean, it's interesting. He said that it's backwards compatible. So this could be the roadmap that other chains make if they want to, you know, if they want to keep their existing user base, keep the existing projects that ding, are built on top ding, of it. Ding. But they can connect it to EOS. It's backwards compatible. And then eventually everybody just migrates over to the EOS main chain. You're, you're on to something. So, wow, it, it, I, I went down the rabbit hole <laughs> as, I, as I typically do. Um, so the other thing that's super interesting is, uh, let, me, let me pull up more of uh, the Dan Larimer conversation. We, we, so we time traveled back to March, mm -hmm. and then we kind of fast forwarded to J June or July because that other coder just recommitted Dan's work. Right. So let's go back to, I think it was July 7th when this conversation happened. Uh, this is whenever the Steam 2.0 and BitShare 2.0, it's really 3.0, it was misspoken here in the quote. But Dan specifically said Steam 2.0, which we've all been waiting for and get news on. Yep. He said it needs BTS 2.0 for tokens because BitShares does do certain things right. They, they also have smart tokens, which is a whole nother thing to get into that I'm not able to talk about today. But we all want Steam 2.0 and we all want the DEX to end all DEXs. Right. So for Steam 2.0 to happen and then eventually the URI, if that's going to be proposed, BitShares needs to happen first. And it could happen on BIOS first and BIOS can be great, that, that's BitShares on EOS, but anything, any technology that uh, BitShares builds on their own, it's all gonna be open source and could all be voted in on referendum mm -hmm. to be implemented on the main net. Hmm. So ba back to his uh, continued conversation, he said there's going to be an ability to lend with interest to shorters, and that's basically how you create these pegged stable coins. So if it was on EOS, I would have to stake $3 of EOS, and this, the ratio might be different, $3 of EOS to get $1 of this stable coin. Mm -hmm. And then that stable coin could be swapped in commerce, or it, it, there's also, if you're long against the EOS USD, you would just hold EOS. So if you're short EOS, you're, uh, you're holding the EOS USD. So what is this, just a way to, it, I'm a little confused. Is this just a way for the, the pegged asset of EOSUSD to retain its dollar price and be a stable coin? Yeah, I don't, let, let's just uh, stop with this, how it's a stable coin. Just, okay. ex, just accept that it's stable. Right. So I, I think that's the best way that's because simple, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not Dan, I can't explain this. Um, but we've talked about margin trading on here and peer-to-peer -peer mm -hmm. lending. And the way it works is, okay, uh, pretend Rob loans me the $3 of BitShares. We'll, we'll go with the BitShares bit version. Mm -hmm. Rob loans me $3 of BitShares 
to hold for him mm-hmm. while, while I give him a dollar. And I have three times what I lended him, so we're good. I know he could pay me back because I have three times the loan. Um, after, but if the value of the three bit shares that I'm holding depreciates, at a, one, at a certain point, maybe when it's like one and a half to one, mm-hmm. then I take my dollar back off of Rob and say, we got we to gotta end this loan. We got to liquidate the loan. Mm-hmm. And then I will take your dollar back. I'll use that dollar to repurchase uh, a dollar's worth of bit shares. And then I'll give you back whatever's left over. Okay. That's, that's like a liquidation call or a margin call on right. an exchange. So let, let's, let's continue uh, through the conversation here. Um, he said, the ability to lend interest with to shorters with interest to shorters but then he says without risk of default and then he also said i have a work working proof of concept code for the peg token that's i think what i was referring to on the repo but then he said no forced settlement high liquidity self-collateralizing shorts earn income from trading fees hmm. so i told you about how it worked on bit shares yeah when you stake bit shares you're not earning revenue. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if, so what's the if purpose if, of staking? If, if you're collateral, I'm not as familiar. Okay. Let me talk the EOS version. Yeah, it's going to be a lot better. So if this were to be implemented on the mainnet, mm-hmm. other things would need to happen. So we, we've talked about different things via the Rex, uh, the Ram trading, different ways for uh, earned income on the EOS mainnet to be redistributed to stake tokens. So we, we could assume that that's going to be implemented o- at some point, mm-hmm. probably in the next six months to a year. I don't know. But there, there, there will be an incentive for voting and staking your tokens on EOS. Right. And you could do that through the Rex when it's ready. Mm-hmm. And that's basically going to have the same functionality as Chintai, where you're, you're, I'm not, I hold tokens but I'm not using all the resources, so I will lend those resources out to other people who might be able to use them. And I, I can earn an income of, let's say, 5% a year annu- annually. Right. Okay. All right, so on the BitShares model, if, if you borrow USD against my, my BitShares, once my BitShares value goes down to a certain point, I get liquidated, I gotta buy the dollar back. Mm-hmm. But with EOS, these tokens that are staked, over a long period of time, they're gonna continue to earn income. So mm-hmm. it's all about property rights. So let's, let's pretend it's a house. Okay. And I, I use my house as collateral. Bad idea, by the way. To, to buy some other tokens. And then the value of my house goes down. And rather than them foreclosing on my house, selling it to, buy, to pay off this loan, they, rent, they start renting out my house to pay back the loan. Let it sink in. So I'm not sure I get it. All right. <laughs> I'll explain it again so that it might be more clear. All right. I'll, I'll start with the example again. Okay. So EOS is, has been compared to having property rights and right. owner, ownership rights. Okay. So if I own a house, uh-huh. I own the property of my house. I live in my house. If I live in the house, that's the same as using my computational resources because I'm using the resources. My house provides shelter. I'm living. Oh, okay. In it. Okay. So that'd be like, I'm a DAP and not just the token holder because mm-hmm. I'm using my computation and bandwidth. So if I owned a house and lived in my house, I'd be a DAP. Right. But if, if I wanted to, to buy something else and use, use my house as a loan, I could lend my home 
to the plat through a smart contract to the EOS platform. Mm -hmm. And while I'm loaning it to the platform as collateral, it's still earning in, in income from the resources. It's like the EOS platform in the Rex is renting out my house while I'm not using it. Right. And I'm using the money I borrowed against that house to buy whatever the hell I want. Right. And as long as uh, the, the prices aren't moving enough to, to get to a point of liquidation, everything's fine. But let's say the, the house value drops to a certain point where it uh, isn't anymore twice the loan amount or whatever the threshold is. Rather than them foreclosing on my house and selling that house to buy EOS tokens back to pay off the loan, mm -hmm. it would basically, the loan would just be stuck. Okay, so you're basically saying that, because there's a lot going on here. Are you saying that the new PEG token will basically, rather than them liquidating your loan, they'll instead lease out the EOS that's the collateral for your loan? Throughout the entirety of the, the loan, the EOS that's being borrowed against this collateral is earning revenue because someone somewhere is probably renting or leasing the computation from that staked EOS. Okay. So there's already a revenue stream on the collateral. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not just staying flat. It's, it's, it's growing in, in its EOS size. So that's going on the entire time. So basically instead of defaulting on a loan, it'll probably freeze you from trading or borrowing anything more against it, mm -hmm. but it'll kind of pay itself back in perpetuity. Oh, interesting. Because so instead of the of, fees. So the, you're saying the fees that the EOS earns will then... Over long... So let's say it's 5%. Right. And I think on BitShares, I, let, I keep using this 3 to 1 model. So you're able to borrow 33% of whatever your, your account holds. Okay. So 33% is the maximum I, I could have borrowed against my EOS. So let's say you can earn 5% EOS annually by staking your tokens. Mm -hmm. So if, if I lose all of that 33% that I took in a, on a loan and I didn't have that money anymore, maybe I bought something that depreciated in value or went to zero, mm -hmm. rather than having to sell my house to purchase the tokens to pay back the loan, mm -hmm. my, ho my house would just kind of be held in perpetuity until, what, six or seven years of transaction fees or however long it took for it to gain enough value back. And then you would get your house back. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. So it's a way of, is that how you think when he says without risk of default, you think that's what they're gonna do? 100%. So I don't, know what the, I don't know what the ratios are gonna be. And, and it might be a modest loan, which right. is fine. I, I think modesty is great. So if you could borrow 10% against your total token value, yeah. then that would be reasonable. So let's say you have 10 EOS, mm -hmm. you'd be able to borrow one additional EOS and maybe buy uh, some other tokens on the platform, okay. some platform coins, mm -hmm. maybe buy some Karma or, or whatever else you want to use, some, some IQ, and you could buy it with that. And the other thing is, let's say you, the other reason that I, I think this is a fantastic idea is, let's say that you want to use a, a, a D app and it requires one token to, to use it. The utility of that token is literally just to be on the site. You got or the the, plat, the app, whatever this application is. So if you want to use the application, you have to stake one token. Mm -hmm. And when you're done using that application, you got to un, you can unstake that token and get it back and then sell it. So it's like a quick swap. You'd be able to do that transaction on a on a short term loan by using the, this lending system. I would never have to buy that native token for that platform because it could be borrowed and then paid back and you just pay like a transaction ah, fee. Okay, interesting. Some of this so, is like a little over my head just because I don't know a ton about 
like collateral with margin lending and, and all that stuff. But I think it makes sense. So it, it, it's just, it's peer to peer, it's trustless. Mm -hmm. And the no force settlement is going to stop people from getting completely wrecked. Yeah, I mean, and, I think. And I hope that the thresholds stop people from getting completely wrecked also. Yeah. I, like 10% is pretty safe. We talked about this last time on where I, I don't like leasing out my EOS tokens, for example, because I have to do it on a platform like Bifinex, and then there's all that counterparty risk. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wouldn't do that on any centralized exchange, but if this comes out and I can do that trustlessly with no risk of default where they can't pay back that loan, mm -hmm. I would do that in a heartbeat. And I think a lot of other people would as well, which then more more supply of people giving out that token that the actual cost of taking out a loan should go down. So it should be interesting. Now, now the final piece of what I'm excited about with, with the, the BitShares EOS is uh, it's Stan explained it as being jurisdictionally agile, mm -hmm. which means instead of their block producers all being independent and juris all over the world, global, jur jurisdictionally diversified, he wants to set up multiple clusters of, of block producers. And this is against the, the traditional uh, terms of decentralization, but their goal isn't to be completely decentralized. Their goal is to conduct real-life business transactions on a blockchain. Mm -hmm. So basically the 21 block producing nodes would all be in, in, a, in a specific area. And he gave the example of Utah. So maybe Utah has favorable laws for some sort of business model. So all of the nodes would be located, all of the hardware would be located in Utah. And if you wanted to be a block producer, you'd actually, you'd pay to like lease th that hardware and, and be a block producer using that hardware. I, I don't hmm. understand how that all works, but I do understand the jurisdiction part. So basically, if I built a, a DAO or a business model on top of a blockchain, I want my customers and myself to be legally compliant and, and be able to take into court if need be. Right. I mean, we talk about arbitration and, and we're getting there, but there's also, if you want to conduct actual business, sometimes you do need so is this, the law. So this is basically a way, like if I wanted my business to be ruled under the laws of Malta, for example, that yep. island that's, they call it blockchain island, it's super favorable. I could choose that cluster of block producers in Malta and exactly. distribute my DAP there. And then that's yeah. or my smart contract and it would be governed under that. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. A, a good, a really good example of this is a cruise. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say I get on a cruise ship from Florida. Right. And I, I don't know the gambling laws in Florida, but let's just pretend gambling's completely illegal in Florida. Right. So I get on, I get on the cruise ship and there, there's no gambling, there's no casino. But as soon as that cruise ship travels to international waters, all of a sudden, all the poker tables come out, the roulette tables come out, <laughs> and when we start, we, happen, we start, yeah. we start gambling. Right. But as soon as we come back to port, gambling's illegal again. Uh huh. So it's kind of like if you're a gambling business and you want to be 100% legally compliant on a blockchain, you would uh, run run your blockchain on the cluster of block producers in a jurisdiction where everything you're doing is completely legal. Right. Like Pennsylvania, for example, the great state we're in right now. Online gambling is legal, believe it or not. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it goes deeper than that, but the ideas make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and I'll have to look into to more of those videos too, and maybe I can, can wrap my head around it more, but it does make sense. I mean, if you can prevent people from getting liquidated on a loan, and if on the flip side, the people who are loaning that EOS or whatever token to other people have no risk of that person defaulting and not being able to pay them back, it seems like everybody wins. So the, the, other, the other piece to it is to, cre like the, to create one bit USD means that two or three bit shares need to be staked and taken out of circulation. Right. So the same would be the case uh, on EOS. Uh -huh. uh, you'd be taking EOS out of circulation to create these pegged stable coins. 
And the, the pegged stable coins are such an, an integral piece to, to mass adoption because if you build an application for the layperson, they want to transact, transact in dollars. Right. They don't want to transact in EOS. They don't even need to know what EOS is. Right. They just need to know that I have this many dollars in my account. And if you want to dive down deeper, you can swap for EOS and go down to layer one stuff. But like, this is all huh. going to be abstracted from the end user. And we're like, I, I, I see it and I, I, I have a really hard time explaining it sometimes. Yeah. It's all in my damn head. No, it makes sense. And it's I'm glad you asked questions so I could like think about it deeper. But this is huge. Yeah. Like it's bringing together all of the stuff that, that Dan's been teasing and, and Stan's been teasing. Yeah. And it's all making sense to me. And so, some of the ideas on BitShares might sound ridiculous and like th they'll never happen, but let them prove that it's ridiculous. Let them test it on their side chain, prove the model works or doesn't work. And I think that's the value of all of these side chains, whether it's Talos, Warbly, whatever. Anything that could be done on a side chain could be done on the main net. So yeah. if it works on the side chain, all it takes to get it on the main net is a referendum vote and yeah. then block producer approval and we're still waiting for referendum. What's up with that, Rob? I think it's almost done. <laughs> I, I got to reach out to the other block producers that are working on it. We're not actually the ones that are, are building out that system, but I think it's close. It's close to, to, to being ready. And I think EOS Alliance is working up, or, or sorry, um, finishing up their working groups. So we should get some news out of there. But I think moving on from, from BIOS and all that's happening there, I want to tell a, a quick little Twitter story about high fidelity. So if you're out there, you're listing, what's high fidelity? It was actually the second EOS VC announcement. So that billion dollar DAP fund that Block One has, they're giving out all this money to VCs to fund projects on EOS. And high fidelity was the second project funded by Mike Novogratz's Galaxy Digital and the second EOS VC project in general. But what I didn't know, and this is what I learned from the guys at SVK Crypto, is that if you go to highfidelity.com, you can actually play the game right now. And they're saying that really? it's real-time social VR. So it's in beta. They say, be anywhere with anyone right now. So uh, when I checked this out, it was kind of a good coincidence. But I saw them tweet out, you know, hey, come join us. We're doing a stress test of our system. We have 400 people online in this wow. virtual world. So I logged on. I just did it on my computer. You don't need a VR setup. You can just hop on your laptop or even, I think, your phone. And I went into wow. this game and they had a whole, they were doing this contest. So apparently over the last few weeks before that contest happened, people were like designing 3D models and animating them and basically making their own avatar. So I was walking around as this little wooden guy that had no cool costume. <laughs> and there are hundreds of all these different things dressed up and all. There was like a Santa Claus. There was one guy um, it, who was Ganesh, one of the, I think, Indian gods. There was like what? this crazy Final Fantasy character. But they were doing this contest from all over the world, even the announcers were in their own VR headsets, all you know, distributed across the world. But it felt like everybody was in that same room. So you said you, you don't need a VR headset, but did right. you have a VR headset on? I didn't set it up. So uh, I have I have my uh, HTC Vive, but I didn't set it up for this because it was already happening and, and was in like the last 30 minutes or whatever. So I hopped on my computer and it was cool. But there, there's some cool stuff that's happening. So the, we all met up in this room and the announcers were up on stage and everybody could hear the announcers because of the area they were in. It was like, oh, they projected out, but you could also hear the people around you and have local conversations. But then they, you know, they went out, they did this costume contest, they like, the people walked the runway, and you can just imagine all these people at home with their VR headsets on moving around in this so virtual how world. how many people would you say were It was more than 400 at the peak. So wow. more than 400 people logging into this virtual world that were all, they felt like they're in the same place. And at the end they were voting and it was funny, the Ganesh guy was up and they asked everybody to cheer and everybody was like, Ganesh, Ganesh, Ganesh. So none of this technology is something that 
wasn't possible before. Where does the blockchain fit in? So I'm glad you asked that. So I was walking around, you know, you get into the game for the first time and there's this menu that pops up and one of the options on the menu is a little icon that says wallet. And in that wallet, it's basically, it, it, it's an EOS wallet. It's a blockchain wallet. I don't know if it's connected to the mainnet yet or not, but when you go in, you click on this, you can teleport to, I think it was Bank of High Fidelity or something like that. So I jump in, I'm suddenly in this giant high rise building. I'm like looking out across this virtual this world. This sounds like of, your kind of game, Rob. Oh, it's awesome. I gotta, I gotta go back in and play it and set up my VR. But I'm walking around, I'm in the Bank of High Fidelity. They give you some of their Bank of High Fidelity coins, which I guess will be maybe the, the currency that High Fidelity comes out with. But wow. ultimately the, the whole thing was insane. I thought High Fidelity was like, in this incubation stage and hadn't really released what they were doing, but here it is, real-time social VR, 400 plus people in the same virtual room, feeling like they're all in the room interacting and talking and yelling at each other. It, it, it was crazy, it was a really cool time, so I thought I'd share that story with everybody. That's really cool, man. I, so as far as we know, it's it's not ported over to the, the chain yet, kind of yeah. like how uh, IQ, Exactly. Everpedia, so, you were able to use it for months mm -hmm. before it was actually a blockchain platform, but now it is on. Yeah, PS. and then they had a, a blockchain platform on a separate domain, but now they've actually merged it back and Everpedia is there. But so we'll see what happens with High Fidelity, but it was, it, it gave me, I can see where this future is going. You can imagine there will be people that live in the high fidelity world and have a job there. Maybe they're a custodian at the bank or they open up a shop and sell some of these skins that they've designed so that you can customize your own character. Well, so there's there's so much that could happen with this and the, the virtual wallet they give you. They could sell land in this, like to central land. I mean, so much could happen. I don't know if, if you remember saying it, but whenever you first brought this up, you used an interesting term, voting. Yeah. So you, you could have an auditable election in a virtual world oh, and yeah. everyone trusts the results because it's, Can you it's imagine? verifiable. We're going to elect the, the president of the high fidelity world. I've, I've thought this in. for a long time, but we, we could talk about these real life implementations where instead of owning all of a piece of property, you own a portion of it because that property is tokenized. We could vote on a blockchain. Yeah. It's a real government. I think all of these ideas are fantastic, but to, to have that type of change in the real world with governments especially, yeah. it's gonna be a long, long time. But I, I think this stuff's, you're explaining right here, oh, it's, it's ready in the gaming world. I think yeah. we're gonna see, in, in the virtual world, I, I think we're gonna see all of this tokenization and blockchain swaps and smart contracts oh, yeah. take form in, in the virtual world to, to prove its use case, trust, security, and all that, and then, we're over a longer period of time, we're going to see some really, really, really cool oh, stuff in the world. Because anything that could happen in like a world like High Fidelity, oh, yeah. it, it is a proven use case. Why can't we bring it here? Oh, yeah. And imagine when this gets to the point where eventually virtual reality is, is indistinguishable from real reality. Yeah. If, if we can't bring it to the real world, we're just going to live our whole lives. Exactly. On we'll just, we'll live in little pods world. and be in High we'll Fidelity in world. And yeah, we, we really will be. That's funny. I think... Um, I read in Telegram at one point, Dan said something like, I don't know if I'm creating the next Skynet or the cure for cancer. <laughs> I think it could be both. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, immutable blockchain, man. Everything lives on forever. Definitely. That's the scariest part about it, but absolutely, we, we, we won't get into that. Yeah, but so that's high fidelity. That's sort of the, the current status, but I think we got some, some other stuff yeah, to talk about. Yeah, let's get into something fun. So there's a new meme contest yeah. that uh, I think started this week by EOS Blocksmith, one of yep. the uh, great uh, standby block producers. I think they're one of the, the partners or sponsors of the Scalable Blockchain Conference too. Uh, but they created this new tool and I actually, I, I made it my, my new homepage because it has all of the information I could possibly need on it. So 
on the on this home homepage that ES Blocksmith made, they call it their dashboard or workshop. Basically, it has everything you'd want to know about the EOS blockchain in, in, a, in a quick glance. So you can see your block producer rankings. They use a crypto panic widget to see all the latest news and announcements around EOS. Oh, wow. You can see the price charts of EOS, the RAM prices, the um, like the airdrop token prices. Uh, you can see EOS videos, links to all of the great tools. And at the very bottom, they have the meme of the week. And that's how, that's, <laughs> that's how this contest got started. They want, they want people to submit their memes uh, using hashtag... Uh, EOS meme contest. So I encourage you all to participate in that. I'm still working on my meme right now and I'm going to win the contest. I'm just going to state right now, <laughs> EOS Blocksmith, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to tweet out a meme either tonight or tomorrow nice. and it's going to be the, the winner. That's so. awesome. I look forward to seeing what that meme is. Maybe oh, yeah. it'll win the contest. It might even be out before this video comes out. We'll That's see. That's great. But yeah, I, I love memes. Yeah. Um, so we got some uh, some other really exciting news. If you were one of the 19,000, I think it was 19,587 people who forgot to register your EOS tokens, maybe you were on vacation, maybe something happened, you, for whatever reason, you didn't register your wallet ahead of time, there's now a fix. So Cypherglass, along with a bunch of other block producers, voted in this proposal to the chain recently that basically allows those people to use their Ethereum wallet and use the private key associated with that Ethereum wallet to claim your EOS tokens. So these 20,000 people are now, for the first time, getting access to their EOS that otherwise would have been lost. So when we saw this proposal come up, we approved it right away. We thought, this is an awesome proposal to really give this stuff back um, to the people that lost it. And it, it's a great example of what makes, I think, the EOS community so much, I would say, better than any other crypto community right now, is that everybody's just working together to help everybody else in the network. If it's, mm -hmm. you know, somebody's account gets hacked, you refer them to ECAF and help them freeze their account so that they can recover it later, or all of these people that forgot to register ahead of time, instead of us just saying, oh, sorry, you're out of luck, you didn't follow the rules, <laughs> You know, there, there's this active proposal from EOS Authority, and I think it was EOS Argentina that actually coded this up. So huge shout out to them. Um, went out and, and, and made this happen. So congrats to the 20,000 people that now have their EOS again. It's, right. it's pretty awesome. So I think we're coming up on our, our time limit here for the yeah. week. Um, why don't we remind everyone of your contest? Yeah. So else you have if you're out on. there, you're carving a pumpkin. Maybe you pick up an extra pumpkin or you just carve this on your own pumpkin. Hashtag Hollow EOS. Tweet us at CypherglassPP. Tweet us your photo. Top prize, 200 EOS picked by our community judges. Second place, 100 EOS. Third place, 50 EOS. So give us a, a cool EOS-themed pumpkin carving, and you could be the winner. So I have one request for this pumpkin contest. Yeah. One, I don't know if you're considering it, but I do not want to be a judge. Okay. And it's got to be completely independent because... As I'm going to win the meme contest with EOS Blocksmith. Are you going to submit? I'm, I'm going to win this pumpkin contest. Nice. I'm at least going to be a top three. And, yeah. And if I am, I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer the funds to the next person. But nice. I want to be on the record as being a winner. And it'll, I don't know if you're going to have a crowd vote, but I will have the best pumpkin. I like that. Very confident. Very, very confident. Yeah, we're going to do I, a... I made uh, a stencil already. I just got to put it into action. I'll, I'll uh, tell the panel of community judges that you're entering. We'll see. We'll see how they any, do it. Any, any hints on who they are? Um, not yet, but they're people that you know within the EOS community. So I'm guessing Shane or Charles will be one. We'll see. We'll see. Do they have Halloween in London? I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, well, they know what I a pumpkin don't know. Is. Charles, do you have Halloween? I'm sure he's watching. Yeah, do you? Huh? Um, but anyway, I think that's our show for today. It's been a good one. If you could, remember, leave us feedback, smash the like button, uh, contribute to the Halloween. And again, you can find me on Twitter at Fingify. And that, uh, blah, blah. Blockchain. You can find him at blah, blah. <laughs> you can find me at Blockchain Zach with a K. There it is. So that's this week's episode for you. Once again, I'm Zach Gall. I'm Rob Finch. And this is Everything EOS. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.